Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to the Weekly Pass. I'm Bonnie Jill Laughlin, joined by my co-host, Holly Huggins. And we are always happy to have the OG, number 88, the original 88, Drew Pearson, Hall of Famer. And Drew, thanks so much for coming back with us because we always love you. And yeah, yeah representing, I just need the gold jacket on and that may make my morning. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a little wrinkle. I slept in it last night. So oh, okay. Well, that makes show. sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I never you need all the layers off. you can get right now. Hey, that's true for sure. Safe and peace. Uh, Thanks for having me, ladies. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Joe. I want to get right into it. Of course, we heard the news that Jerry is keeping Coach McCarthy. I know people have been talking so much about it, but I want to get your thoughts. If you were Jerry, let's say you were the GM, what would you have done? I mean, I know you got to be careful. We know how close you are to the Cowboy organization, but, you know, give us a little bit of something about what you think should have happened moving forward. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. I'm, I am very close to the Cowboy organization. <laughs> you, I mean, I believe Cowboy Blue all over you. So, But anyway, uh, I think Mr. Jones did the right, uh, made the right decision in this, in this case, keeping Mike McCarthy. You know, we're not that far away. I know it's disappointing. And two years in a row to get to where we got and lose the way we did uh, in both of those uh, playoff games at home, you know, it's very disappointing, no doubt. But we're not in a position to blow this thing up, okay? Okay. Uh, let's ride Mike McCarthy and identify what the problem is. You know, why do we have that success in a regular season? And what happens when we get to the playoffs? What mm -hmm. are we missing? Let's identify yeah. that. I think that's a better solution or answer to the problem than going out and getting Belichick Belichick's a Band-Aid, all right? The guy's older than me, and I'm pretty old, okay? <laughs> you know, he don't even need to be coached. He needs to retire. You know, the game, he had his time. The game has mm -hmm. kind of passed him by. A lot of right. times these coaches, when they stay long enough, the game will pass him by. With all due mm -hmm. respect, it happened to Tom Landry, okay? Yeah. He stayed a little too long, 29 yeah. years, and the game kind of passed him by. You know, the way he, they let him go should have been a little better, but it does happen. But anyway, Belichick, no. I think they did the right thing in keeping McCarthy and finding out the best way to overcome. What is the problem? Is yeah, that's what, that was my next question, Drew. What is the problem? Well, you know, ladies, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know how they prepare when they get in this situation as far as they're studying the game plans and that type mm -hmm. of preparation. I don't know what their mindset might be going through that week leading up to a playoff game, but all I could see is what I see when they step on the field on game day. And what I've seen in those last two playoff appearances against San Francisco and here uh, against Green Bay is that it's not the game plan or anything like that. It's the emotional level. It's the, you got to rise your intensity level, your emotional level when you're in the playoffs. OK, it's totally different. It's totally different. If you don't realize that and you're every everything has to lead up to that game day as far as your emotional level, you just can't step on the field on Sunday mm -hmm. and say or Monday, whatever they play that playoff game and say, I'm ready to go. You know, it has to build up. Crescendo has to build up through the week. And right. we used to get all excited. You know, we'd come in on Wednesday and all excited because it's offensive day. Can't wait to get that game plan. 
Go out yeah. on the field and execute that in practice. And then here comes Thursday. You know, it's defensive day. You're excited. And then you start building. That excitement builds. And then by Sunday, you're ready to go. I mean, you're ready to explode. Yeah. And if you don't have that, and then you try to step on the field and get that on game day, it ain't going to happen. You know why? Because your opponent has that. He's uh-huh. bringing it. You know, we've, yeah, we've right. experienced it where we're like, oh, okay, he's ready too. Well, okay, mm-hmm. he's going to be that kind of day, day mm-hmm. you know, where we're knocked down, drag out type of, type of football game. But that's yeah. what I see. We got to get be prepared going into the game. And you don't do that on game day. You do that through the course of the week. Right. Before I toss it over to Holly, I got to ask you about Dak. Do you think that this, the pressure, first of all, they say, you know, there's a lot of pressure, you know, wearing the, the star on your helmet, you, you know, you always got every eye on you. Now with Dak, is this now becoming mental or will it become mental? Because it seems like he, people are saying he seemed frazzled, you know, the first quarter. I mean, we all love Dak, right? On and off the field, but what is it? Is it something that we should be concerned about, Drew? No, it, it's not. It's not mental. It's not mental playoff pressure on that okay. you know that can handle that he's a he's a strong young man you know I got all the confidence in the world with Dak Prescott you know he could throw me to football anytime I'll catch it for him of course <laughs> I don't drop nothing uh, but, uh, but I know quarterback you know I played with a pretty good quarterback in Roger Staubach and oh, Danny yeah. White and I know quarterbacks I see Troy Aikman I tell him he, he could throw to me anytime because Troy was right. a bad man and Dak is that in that same class, that same category. Okay. What he has to do as a Cowboy quarterback is bring championships. So that's what Cowboy quarterbacks, the elite Hall of Famer mm-hmm. quarterbacks from Cowboys are all about. You know, it's not just having regular season success. It's having playoff success and extending that into Super Bowl opportunities and hopefully Super Bowl success. But Dak is the man, okay? If we don't have Dak, where do we go? Where do you go in the NFL? Look at all these teams struggling, you know, uh, with the quarterback position. You know, if the starter goes down, look at the backups that are playing in the league nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, I threw more touchdown passes in the NFL than some of these backup quarterbacks that are on rosters right now. I threw three touchdown passes in the I NFL. I know you did, yeah. You know, so, you know, so we got a situation with Dak. We just got to get the people around him, you know, to make him better. Uh, if we... Okay. Like if we change the uh, head coaching situation, that means we would have to change the coordinator situation. Mm-hmm. That would be a new coordinator for Dak to learn terminology and all that from somebody else. And that's a negative. That's not just Dak, but the whole offense. You know, let's keep the continuity going. And then, uh, ladies, you have to look at the uh, rest of the NFC East, okay? The, the uh, Redskins are looking for a new coach. They're starting over. Philadelphia Eagles might be looking for a new coach. They're wondering what's going on in their organization. So they might be starting all over. Look at the New York Giants, you know. They're, you know, they might stay with their where they're at, but they're firing coordinators and things like that. So they're they're changing things. So the, the division is kind of in turmoil. We're the yeah. stable stabilizer in the division. Well, let's keep it like that and try to win the division, get back to the playoffs and the way you do that Dak Prescott at quarterback, but the got got lady. I keep saying guys, but ladies, we're fine. We're guys, lady. We're we're, we're good. <laughs> we're like yeah, one we're of the boys. We're that, one of the boys. Yeah, we're talking that sports. <laughs> we got to go there. But uh, what we need to do to help Dak in that offense is get a running back. We need a strong, tough, powerful 
uh, pounding in there, running back, game-breaking running back, all in the same package. And, yeah. uh, you know, we kind of had that with Zeke. You know, Emmett Smith was that way. Tony Dorsett. We need that kind of back in our offense that can help the offense and give us a little uh, more variety in what we do, where defense can't stack up on Dak in the passing game, which they did later in the season because our running game wasn't that effective. Yeah, hopefully we can get Dak, uh, get that monkey off his back. <laughs> Holly, yeah, go ahead. So I, I want to I continue with this Dak conversation. I mean, there's no doubt he's he's a, he's a great regular season quarterback, you know, and I hear lots of parallels to, to, to the Tony Romo situation with, you know, Romo two and four in playoff attempts, Dak two and five, you know. Um, what what happens with this offseason, do you think, with regards to to Dak? I mean, the, the Cowboys are going to have to make a tough decision, I guess, with him. Do they reward him for his regular season success? Um, we've got, you know, uh, cap stuff to think about. And, and do we do a contract extension here? Or um, what, where do the Cowboys go with this? What are your thoughts on where they're headed well, with this? Well, whatever the situation is, they got to work it out. I mean, that's your quarterback. Where do you go? Let him go and see how valuable he is. Watch the people line up to try to get that, okay? You know? So work it yeah. out, you know? And that's the, the team type of player. You've got the Tom Brady mentality, all right? What I mean by that, Brady took less money so that the team could be successful. Mm -hmm. They can spread that money around to other guys, and that's how Belichick was able to do it. You know, because the quarterback wasn't counting that much money like other teams against the salary cap. And Brady was that. He was that team type of guy. Guy, And I think Dak is the same way. You know, he's already made $49 million this year. My goodness. You know, I think I could uh, take a cut in salary and still be okay. <laughs> but not just take a cut in salary. Nobody wants to take that. But extend it, you know, so that the, mm -hmm. we can uh, have more room under the salary cap and bring right. the players in that we might need, you know, to help us have success out there on the football field. So Dak, I'm sure whatever the Cowboys want to do, Dak will do it, you know. Whatever Dak's making as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, he might be making that and much more off the field as quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. You know, here's a little secret for you. Our salaries were kept down because Roger Staubach's salary was down. Base salary with the Cowboys. Roger was the type of person that, because he was making so much money off the field as a quarterback of the Cowboys, he combined it together. So when I would go into Gil Brandt to try to get a raise, you know, they said, you think you should be making more than Roger Staubach? I'd say, Roger's not making that. <laughs> you, know? But Roger, you know, But Roger was that type of guy. He wanted yeah. to, you know, so the team can have success and the money could go around to the other guys because he knew that. he was making all that, you know? Mm -hmm. So he wasn't that greedy where he wanted it all. You know, Dak's the same way. And so Dak will do whatever the Cowboys need, and he needs to be the quarterback. And, and Mr. Jones understands that. He's not going to let Dak go away. I mean, he represents the team well, the image, everything. The package is there, you know? Just to put some package, enhance the package by putting players around him and giving him what he needs to be successful out there on the field. Good, good. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> Drew, so, you know, you, me and Holly were both cheerleaders for the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't know if you saw this tidbit that happened during the Packers-Cowboys uh, game. I, allegedly, Holly, I don't know if you saw this as well, a bunch of the Packers players were getting in the face of the cheerleaders and taunting them and made a couple of the girls cry. And that was so crazy to me because the times that we cheer, I mean, guess we were always winning, right, Holly? We didn't have to worry about that. But yeah. we uh, we never encountered anything like that. So, Drew, are the cheerleaders fair game or should they like, I mean, are they're not, it's like, are you going to yell at the hot dog vendor? I mean, like what, where does that end? Because I was shocked <laughs> to actually see that these girls were crying and they were getting yelled at by these Packer players. What, the players? The players, we're, not the fans. Players. Not the fans? Yes. No, wow, players. That, that, that is crazy. I mean, uh, I guess they were a little jealous or impressed or something. You know? right? I mean, well, they don't they have the cheerleaders. Race. There's one thing. They got the cheese head, but they don't have the cheerleaders. But that is wild to me, Drew. That I mean, you would never. I mean, wild. You know, because as a player, you know, I, I think I don't think we remember the cheerleaders uh, being even recognizable. You know, I know we were there, but we're not concerned about the cheerleaders, man. Right. I mean, when we you used to go to other places, of course, nobody's cheerleaders were like ours, you know, of no one performed or acted, the uniform, the whole, the whole thing. But, you know, I mean, for the player to react that, then that means they're noticing something. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, they're focusing on them instead of what they're supposed to be focusing on to react <laughs> like that. But Did I say uh, maybe, that? maybe, maybe the cheerleaders provided the motivation they needed to go out there and beat the Cowboys. <laughs> So they certainly didn't provide motivation yeah. for us. <laughs> right. The way it turned out. I mean, Drew, you're a classy guy. I never, I would never see you doing that. Yeah, I would oh, never no, see no, you, Drew, would, you doing that to I the would, opposing team. Nah, I'd be trying to give them a phone number or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think, I mean, you know what? Sticks and That's stones, girls. Tough and tough enough. Dog, the Cinderella yeah. story. It's, everyone yeah. seems to, it's hard not to like them with Jerry Goff went through. And I don't know, are you on the same? I mean, obviously, we're, you know, we bleed, you know, the Cowboys, but are you kind of rooting for the Lions now? Or who's I'm not rooting for now? anyone. I don't care who left. I could care less who went. The Cowboys aren't in it. After last yeah. weekend. Eagles, 
the Cowboys aren't in it, so I root for them. And the Eagles are out of it, so I would hate them and root against them. Uh -huh. So uh, the allegiance is wide open, you know, as far as what happens in this game. And I just hope it leads to some opportunities where I can maybe get to Vegas or around here where I could make some money off of it. Make some Super money. Bowl, no matter who's in it, you know. But anyway, yeah. I, I think it's going to be uh, Detroit's got, that got, is that kind of team, you know, of destiny, you know, mm -hmm. faith, and a lot of stuff falling into place for them, despite what happened in AT&T when they played the Cowboys yeah. uh, in that game. You know, when that happened, I thought, oh, wow, this is lining up all the stars right. and everything lining up for us. You know, mm -hmm. we win that game the way we won that game. We probably yeah. – Easily could have lost that game, but we end up winning. And then that next week, uh, that Monday, uh, uh, Philadelphia loses to the Giants the way they did. Now we win the NFC East. You know, when you when I look back on our Super Bowl years, especially the year we won it, uh, we you look back at how all these things kind of fell into place, you know, through the course of the season to help you get there, you know? And a lot of times it's karma or whatever it might be. But when they happen, it's like, those are the things it takes. Yeah, you got to win and play on the field, but you need a little luck. A little that, luck, yeah. Along, yeah. A little luck, that kind of thing along the way to yeah. help you get there. So that's why I thought after that Detroit game and then, you know, uh, we would have that luck and then with Philly losing and then end up as the, the winner of the NFC East. Wow. You know, yeah. I thought, you know, with two home games, uh, potentially for the playoffs, I thought this would be it. But it didn't turn out that way. But, you, you know, you ladies, you know, what we talk about in, in sports, we get in that locker room. You know, we always say, well, there's always next year. Because you can't dwell on that. You got to learn from it. But then you got to use that, hopefully, as motivation going motivation. into the next season. But you got to strap it on again, no matter what, win or lose. So uh, hopefully uh, when we strap it on again, you know, we'll be ready to go this time around. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So quick, quick question for you. Um, this this Chiefs game last weekend, it was, what, 13 below, something like mm -hmm. that. I mean, you know, 15 fans or so ended up in the hospital, and they're talking about some of the players had frostbite and drew – Take me back. What's what's one of the coldest games that you played in, and tell me what that was like. Wow, the coldest game I played in as a professional was uh, actually the week before the Hail Mary game, where we played mm -hmm. the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. We played the New York Jets in the final game of the regular season in Shea Stadium in New York in December, mm -hmm. and it's cold. You know, maybe uh, 10, 15 degrees, you know, 20 degrees. Uh, but the chill factor yes. was what it was all about. Yeah. Okay? yeah. The chill factor is what got us because the wind, the breeze coming off the uh, ocean, the Hudson Bay yes. and all that, I mean, it was just swirling and it was a nothing game for us. We had already clinched the playoffs as a wild card team. Uh, uh, Rod, uh, Coach Landry decided to sit Roger. Danny White started at quarterback. And we just tried to get through that game. We ended up winning like 14 to 7 or something like that. It was Joe Namath's last game as a New York Jet. Okay. Yeah, we we, we mm -hmm. sent him into retirement. 
And every one of those hits hurts twice as bad oh, when yeah, you're that you cold. Know, and you your hands it. are like bricks. That type I mean, of cold is different, okay? Because it's bone-chilling type cold. Now, mm -hmm. we went to Minnesota next week. It was, you know, the next week it was 28 degrees. But it was still. There was no wind, you know. It mm -hmm. had snowed the night before. Usually when it snows after that, it starts to warm up a little, you know. So it wasn't bad, you know. And uh, we were able to get through that. But in New York, we could wear gloves or whatever we needed to stay warm as a visiting team. But when we went to the Minnesota, because it's the playoffs, the home team had the choice whether to have heaters or not on the sideline. And, of course, Minnesota said no heaters. Nope. No, so not for these Texas boys. Yep. Oh, wow. a level playing field. And the thing about that game, it was the last game played, the Hail Mary game was the last game played in NFL history where both teams were lined up on the same sideline. The 50-yard line separated uh, us. Yeah. So when I caught the wow. Mary, I had to run past or jog past or whatever, get past that Viking bench yes. to get to my bench, okay? <laughs> you should have saw the fingers and the frozen fingers <laughs> and everything. Oh, the oh that's good stuff. Called. Oh, it was brutal, brutal. But, uh, that was the last game in NFL history. You know, they call it the frozen tundra of Metropolitan yeah. Stadium. Yeah. It was frozen, but it wasn't cold as that day. In, in, uh, but Buffalo, don't, doesn't Kansas City have to go to Buffalo for this game coming up? Yep. Yes. And the NFL, yep. NFL probably made it the late game where it's probably a lot colder, you know, at night where it would start off at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock mm -hmm. before you know it. It's a night game, you know, because mm – -hmm. You know, so it's going to be really cold. So we'll see how that goes. But as a player, you just try to get ready for that. And once mm -hmm. the game gets going, you're not worried about the uh, yeah, you're drilling. The chill. You'll try to hope it's a problem for them. It right. might be a problem for right. us because right. we can deal with it. Even though we're from Texas, we can come out <laughs> that warm weather into the cold. My when, especially when you got a wide receiver from New Jersey. I grew up yeah. in New Jersey. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I used to shovel snow for a living. <laughs> <laughs> for lunch money. <laughs> lunch money. Uh, yeah. Drew, staying with the uh, the Chiefs, I want to ask you about a distraction over at the Chiefs. So there's a girl named Taylor Swift, and I'm sure you heard about her. Now, do you think as the Chiefs get deeper in the playoffs, is she going to be a distraction? And was there any girlfriend or wife that was bigger than any of your players at the time, or, or maybe just not even on your team anywhere else? Because this Taylor Swift has kind of taken over the NFL. It's crazy. No, they, she really has. And uh, it's, it's become a big story and all this. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was just going through my phone and looking at all these uh, on a sport, uh, sports uh, app. And, you know, mm -hmm. everything. Kelsey. Either Jason or Travis, you know, one uh -huh. talking about retiring, one talking about marriage and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I said, okay, I mean, it's nice, you know, I don't blame him, you know, give him props. Go on, Travis, go for it. But, you know, I, it can't be a distraction, you know. So I think the uh, Chiefs are smart enough not to let it be that. But as far as we were concerned, our biggest distraction that I ever played with coming through like that and a celebrity thing and mm -hmm. uh, getting publicity was Thomas Hollywood Henderson when he yeah. started becoming yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. And, you know, oh, Time yeah. Magazine, he's on the cover of Time Magazine and Sports Illustrated and, 
he went from Thomas Henderson to Hollywood and all the reporters and everybody wanted to know about Hollywood and this and that, and Hollywood played up to it, you know, and, and he did that under the uh, discipline of Tom Landry. I mean, yes. he was he was getting away with stuff that Landry would never put up with. And that's why it got to the point where Landry couldn't put up or didn't put up with it. Hollywood had a uh, uh, he Preston Pearson was doing a promotion with a rally flag with number one on it and mm -hmm. all this. He had a deal with a local uh, 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 convenience store to promote it. And we're losing to the uh, Washington Redskins in a playoff game up in uh, RFK. And Hollywood's on the sideline with this with this uh, rally tag tucked in his pants, you know. And we're losing. He's pointing, like, to number one there, you know. And, uh, you know, Coach Landry heard about that, that this was going on on the sideline while we were losing this football game. Yeah. So we get on a plane after the game. We're all dejected and everything. Coach Landry calls Thomas to the front of the plane and cut him right there, right there on the airplane before we landed in Dallas. Because of his plane, he became a celebrity, and the celebrity became more than the player. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's when he had to go. But Travis Kelsey's a, a you know, he's a smart guy. You know, he don't want to blow none of this, okay? He don't want to <laughs> blow it with Taylor. He don't want to blow it with his teammates. He don't want to blow it with his mom. So he's going to do the right thing. Are you a Taylor Swift fan, Drew? Are you a Swifty? Do you listen to her music? I'm a Bruno Mars fan. Oh, okay. you know? so you're not yeah. a Swift. That's what the Cowboys used to do. That's what the, they need to uh, go to uh, uh, Little Wayne and Bruno Mars, the mirror, the mirror. Uh -huh. the they need to pick up that song and listen to it. Okay, here we are again. All right? right. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Oh, I know. Right. I don't, know, yes. about, I don't yes. know about Taylor, but I know a little bit about uh, Bruno Mars. Yes. I love it. And I'm going to keep the door open. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, I'm going to have one more, one more for you. And it's speaking of um, you know, musical artists, Post Malone, he's in the Club 88 group chat. I want to be in the group chat. I mean, you've got CD, you've got Michael, you've got yourself, you've got Dez, and then there's Post. I mean, he has nothing to do with the 88. I mean, Holly and I have more connection to the Cowboys. Than <laughs> Why can't we be in the in the group chat? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think the guys would want to go for that, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Me and Holly, we're probably worse than you guys. <laughs> yeah, we can have <laughs> when a it we could have we a don't have enough tattoos. 88 club or something, but no, Post is in because, <laughs> uh, you know, he's from Grapevine, Dallas, yeah, and all that. Big, big Cowboy fan. Yeah. Mr. Jones loves him, lets him do a lot of things. You uh -huh. know, his, his brand is associated with the Cowboys. Yep. You know, what he did when he had the concert, you mm -hmm. know, at AT&T and all that, the concessions he made for Post. But Post is a great guy, and that's why he's part of the 88 club. If you can prove to us that you're deserving of being in the club, we can expand it. We expanded it for posts. And, we, you know, it's not locked in, you know, but you got to make sure you never drop a pass, okay? You can't drop nothing, all right? You can't drop a phone call. You can't drop anything. <laughs> that's what we had to make sure posts understood, all right? Don't be going on stage and dropping a mic or knowing of that no more. We can't do that no more, you know? And so, but Post is a great guy, and uh, he just seems to fit in to what we've done and what we're doing with the 88 Club. So we text each other during the game. We keep that thing going. 
you know, Michael's full of spirit and energy all the time. And of course, Dez, you know, he, he brings it. And uh, CD's on the post, I mean, on the, uh, yeah, on the feed, but uh, he doesn't respond until after the game. You know, we don't say, hey, CD, you better not pick up that phone during the game. <laughs> we got a little problem with that, okay? Yeah. You got to stay focused. But we're really proud of CD and what we've said all along through this course of the season, CD's taking 88s, the 88 club, into history. Because he's breaking all the records. Yeah. He's breaking Michael's records. Any record mm -hmm. Dez has. All right? Yeah, he blew mine away a long time ago. Okay? But now he's uh, uh, chipping away at Michael's legacy and his records mm -hmm. that he set and stuff like that. So CD's taking us to history. He's taking the 88s to where the 88s have never been. Yeah. But he's a great guy, and we're proud of him representing the 88 club. Yeah, but Drew, Wallet CD doesn't Pope. have the ring. He doesn't have a ring like you and Michael have. That's the difference, uh, though. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> and, uh, hopefully, he'll get that one day, and then he'll it'll all be complete. You know, Dez didn't get it. You know, that's yeah. disappointing. Yeah. But it wasn't Dez's fault. Dez gave everything. He's that Cowboys all-time touchdown leader. I know. You know. Two Hall of Famers. He got more touchdowns than two Hall of Famers. You know, so he he's had a great career, but and he made that catch in Green Bay a few years ago. Yes, I always say Des caught it. Yes, I always say that. God, there's no question about that. They took that away. That could have been Hail Mary number two. I know. Yes, they took did. that away from Des, and uh, that was disappointing. But Des, okay. uh, you know, he has the credentials, and uh, he just doesn't have the championships, but he's still well respected within yeah. the '88 club. Absolutely. I want to ask you about one more club here, and that's the Ring of Honor. Um, J Jimmy Johnson got to join uh, that club the other day, and what what is your opinion on that? I mean, I personally think it was a long, well over, way overdue, um, and he very deserved, deservedly belongs up there um, with everybody's name. What was it like to be down there for that moment? Yeah, it was a great moment. You know, anytime anybody goes into that ring of honor, it's a great moment. You know, we put the Marcus Ware in there recently. Uh -huh. uh, and but for, but for Jimmy, there's no question he deserves that. And it's long overdue. No question about that. And uh, glad he got his due. You know, when I talk to Jimmy Johnson, I feel like going to play football. You know, he's just a motivating kind of guy. You know, just a normal conversation. You just get all fired up. I love his <laughs> halftime speech I last weekend, by the way. want to go through a wall. We got these old guys getting all fired up again. Bob Lilly and Roger getting all fired up, listening to Jimmy. But, you know, we're excited for him. And, uh, of course, all his guys are really, uh, were really excited for him. And they showed that emotion. And they showed it by representing and being there. No, not just the guys that Ring of Honor got to be on that field, but the guys that are in the suite hanging out uh, during the game and, and, you know, and that type of thing. But here's what I say. Now that we got that taken care of, it's time for Mr. Jones to look back into history a little bit and get some of my guys, my group, the yes. 80s and 70 Cowboys up in that Ring of Honor. Yes. Okay? Harvey yes. Martin, Too Tall Jones, you know. Check Tony Hill's stats. Tony Hill's stats are better than mine. He gets no mention. His contributions to the Cowboy organization are uh, immeasurable. We got other guys that are all pros and, and multi-year uh, uh, Pro Bowls. Harvey Martin's a defensive MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, uh, a Pro Bowl. He's from South Oak Cliff, okay? Yes. He's a homeboy. 
Yeah. Yes. You know, get the homeboy up there. But anyway, mm-hmm. now that he's gotten that taken care of, hopefully he'll look, you know, kind of like the Hall of Fame did when they did the Centennial class, where they put yep. in 10 guys in at once. And that, that was done to make up for a lot of mistakes they thought they made in eliminating guys from their opportunity to get in. And it did. Mm-hmm. It helped a lot of guys get in that probably wouldn't have gotten in otherwise. Well, mm-hmm. Mr. Jones needs to do the same thing, you know, with the Ring of Honor. And look at that, evaluate that, and see if anybody, if his mind. I think he does a great job. It's like, look what he's done with the 88 Club. He's a, <laughs> he selected uh, Michael. He selected Dez. He selected yeah. CD. So let him keep yeah. doing that. He's yeah. doing a good job there. <laughs> but uh, let's see what he can do with the uh, past guys with the Ring of Honor. And I even agree. Clint Murchison. Clint Murchison, yes. the original owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. If anybody deserves a statue in I front agree. of AT&T, it's Clint Murchison. I None agree. of us are here. Drew Pearson's not mm-hmm. here. Roger's not mm-hmm. here. No one's here as a Dallas Cowboy. We might have played in the NFL. But, you know, Mr. Murchison did what he had to do to get the Cowboys into the league. So, anyway, don't get me and started. And he's forgotten. People always forget about him. You're so right. And it's, it's a shame. Because mm-hmm. even in the Hall of Fame, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Look at the contributors. Look yeah, at the right. guys he, 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 he hired that are Hall of Famers. Coach Landry, Tex Ram, Gil Brandt. They're Hall yep. of Famers. He hired them. And he's what he did it. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> start, yeah. Right, right there. And then he's yeah. won championships. He's won Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I can get on that soapbox and preach that for uh, I like every, it. I like you know, it. You know, he wrote a book, uh, the Murchison family wrote a book, The, the uh, Hole in the Roof, uh, talking about his dad and the journey it took to get the Cowboys and all that kind of stuff. And they graced me with the opportunity and blessed me with the opportunity to write the forward to that book. And uh, wow. that was that's pretty special. Go, go, go get it on your Amazon. Yeah, uh, I'm going to check that out. I do. But uh, it's a great book. to tell the story of how he wanted this. It was the first stadium built in the NFL solely just for football. First stadium built with the suites. It added a whole nother revenue suite, uh, excuse me, revenue uh, stream to mm-hmm. NFL owners. Mm-hmm. You know how they share equally uh, yeah. in everything. And that expanded that, you know, their, their, their uh, uh, income and stuff like that. And then other teams, other uh, stadium started building. What do they do? They don't build them without the suites, do they? That's right, you know, yep. Because that's a revenue suite. But Clint mm-hmm. Murchison was the one that pioneered you know, all that. So, But anyway, I'm just glad Jimmy got in. There's no question he deserves it, man. What a they great were so guy. Happy. Like I say, we just have a conversation and I get ready to play football. I, I agree. I never played football and I'll go through a wall for guy. Jimmy. Cowboys. <laughs> Coach Landry wasn't that kind of guy. You know, we had to get ourselves up. You know, Coach Landry's on the board telling us our assignments and stuff like that. And that gave us confidence through that kind of preparation. But Jimmy's the kind of guy with a lot halftime speech, a locker room speech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guy, maybe he should talk to the team before they play their next playoff game. I and agree. I agree. In the locker room to talk to these guys. Go yep. come out of that locker room ready to go. That's I right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Drew. When you expand the Club 88, um, you know, Holly and I would like to be new members because we talk shit. We're like one of the boys. I think you would like some of our insight on things, Drew. So just, you know, open mind. 
Well, I'll bring it up to the group, okay? And, yeah, we uh, pass we'll that by them. Let us know. It's up for discussion, that's for sure. Up for okay? discussion. Okay, perfect. There you go. All, All right. right. Thank you. Hopefully we see you in Vegas. Let me know if you end up in Vegas for a uh, Super Bowl because we'll be there. I, I sure will. Okay. Thanks for having me, ladies. I appreciate Thank you. it. And, uh, Thanks for your time. Thanks, Drew. Enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Oh, you're right. awesome as always. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.